Hi, I'm Sherry. And I'm Nikki. And we love love. As seen on TV. Bridgerton episode six. <laughs> the choice. Or is I call it the wedding episode. It is the wedding episode. You did the same thing in your notes. The choice of the wedding episode. Yeah, and the next thing I wrote was does not happen in books at all and is therefore pointless. Well. Because... First time watching it, me was like, this is pointless. This does not happen in the books, and therefore it does not contribute to the plot. Excuse me. Well, the book plot, obviously, but in this plot. We left the books behind several episodes ago. Unlike the previous episode, where I felt like that did not contribute to the plot in any way, shape, or form. I'm like, it did not move us forward. This one, shit acts. Yeah. Shit. But it didn't need to happen, and they spent an entire episode when they could have been doing other things had they followed the books. Okay. Sorry, Sherry. I'm going to cut you off of your French 75, man. No, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> we need to my new favorite thing. Compartmentalize. It's okay. I'll get some ice cream and just have that in my tummy. <laughs> it's okay. I had tacos. I'll switch over to my Coke. How about that? But the last episode, you said you were able to watch the last episode with new eyes the second time around because you were not comparing same, it to the book. Same does happen here, okay. second time around, but first time around, I was super pissed off. Okay. Well, we just assume you were pissed the whole first time you watched the whole first, the second season. <laughs> Valid. That right. is true. True so facts. Now, now we're coming to this second time around. Yeah. Do you want to start or do you want me All to start? All right. Well, let me see. <laughs> What were what were some of my notes? Is that all you have? Is like not even a full page? Yeah, but they're talking points. See, I have like four pages, but I put down all sorts of shit. One, two, three, four, five pages. Hey, look at me. Yes. Well, here. Being so, extra. like, I loved I loved the night before the wedding. The Indian traditions? Yes. I wrote that down, too. I love that they incorporated that. I, yeah, because I... Because they spread, I don't know what it is, but they make some sort of, like, paste. Yellow paste. Yellow, goldish type paste. I don't know what it's called. Nope, no idea. Maybe Laura can help us out. Laura will help us out. Thanks, Laura. You, you the bomb. They, they spread this, like, gold paste on her, on Edwina's arms and her face it's some sort of Indian tradition. Yeah. I was like, I love that they incorporated Yeah, that. and they were all in orange. They had the marigolds hanging in the room. And I was like, oh, this is really beautiful because while their mother isn't necessarily Indian, her, yeah. She still brought them up with that. Yeah, you know, their father is, and it is unique to their heritage, and so she is still, you um doing it even Mm -hmm. though now they're in England Mm -hmm. and I thought that was yeah that was really really touching and in this moment too they talk about Edwina particularly she's still wearing those like rose-colored glasses she's in love with Antony Kate says something to the effect of like I didn't write down the whole quote because I couldn't remember it as it was happening but she says something Along the lines of like love is souls that dance. It's not all about how he looks at you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a nice quote. Yeah, actually, that was kudos for the writing on the quotes on these shows because I wrote down a couple from this episode in particular that was just so good. Yeah, she. I think she had some really beautiful things to say about love in that moment. That it's yeah, not necessarily 
true about that. Her. It doesn't, that whole butterflies in your stomach, that doesn't last. But yeah. that deep connection will. Yeah. And like you can see Kate, and the actor, actresses, all of them really did a wonderful job. Oh, and just looking at those three women in that scene, they're so beautiful. They're so pretty. I was like, oh my God, each one of these women is just so stunningly gorgeous. I'm like, it's and unfair. each in a different way, that you're, but you're still just like, what? Yeah. How is that even humanly possible that someone could be so gorgeous? The fact that the actress who plays Kate is, a, I believe, a year younger than me, and I look like this, and she looks like that. It's a little unfair. It's like, why is she so pretty? Mm-hmm. Can I say something a little off the cuff? Yeah. I've had a little too much alcohol. So, I consider myself a straight woman. Mm-hmm. With the exception of Bianca Chopra. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn, do I have a thing for Indian women? Because, like, <laughs> also, Simone Ashley is really freaking gorgeous. <laughs> Maybe you do. I'm also a straight woman, and mine is Cara Delevingne. Okay. And I'm like, what is it? I'm like, I don't know, but... Yeah, I don't know. Something. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. They are beautiful. It's so beautiful. And, like, again, she's probably at least eight inches taller than me, a year younger than me. It looks like that, and I look like this. And I just feel like I'm 15 compared to her. Even though I'm a year older, it's fine. It's fine. It's all good. Well, I just and then I loved this pre-wedding ceremony compared to them juxtaposed against the gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Or basically, the brothers like, are giving Anthony shit. Yeah, but I'm like watching him drink, and he's like literally throwing back. He's just swigging like full tumbler glasses of straight liquor. I don't know what it is. If it's whiskey, bourbon, whatever. In reality, it's probably tea. Right, I know in reality it's tea, but, but like, in the scene, I'm like, he's... It's because he needs, he needs to get drunk in order to be married to Edwina. gulping liquor, and I'm like, I'm like... And wow. the brothers are ripping him apart because they're going on about, like, yeah. how he's always about his duty to the family being the eldest son, and how, like, his purpose is, like to carry on the Bridgerton name and to procreate and to marry and to, like, again, carry on the family. And he's on the brothers about, like, how they can do whatever they want. And the brothers say something along the lines of, like, soon enough we'll have, like, a little Anthony that'll be going on about his responsibility and his duty and blah, blah, blah. Well, I think that was one of my favorite, this is one of my favorite They're so siblings. quotes in the entire season was when they're like, once you're married... You know, will you stop reminding us of your duty? He's no. like, well, no, reminding you of my duty is one of my duties also. <laughs> well, I think like, what, yes. even once he's married, part of his duty is to procreate, right? To have yeah. children yeah. and to have an heir. But one of his one of his duties is to remind them of his duty. That's <laughs> I was like, yeah. So funny. Also not wrong. Yeah, no, that's the point of being a written brothers. Yeah, you can tell in this season that they've developed that relationship that's carrying over from season one, but having made that relationship during season one and the filming of then carrying over in season two, it really is like developing. So I'm excited for going forward 
in seasons three and four, since we know that they are getting a fourth. How oh, that's just gonna even Oh, has it been renewed for two seasons? Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're getting a season three that. and season four. So we do know at this point that season three is about Colin. So the next season is either going to be, I would assume, Benedict. But again, so. it wouldn't, I think we've talked about this before, it would not surprise me if they went with Eloise instead. Just because she is also a fan favorite, so. Yeah. No money on Benedict. Yeah. I have something to say. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Thing with Cousin Jack. Oh, yes. It's, it's too much. We haven't gotten to the, I, I think at some point during the season they kiss. Okay, I'm going to be it's honest so with you. It's so gross. No, see, I am here for the sexual tension between those two. I did not like... We're talking about Mama Featherington and Cousin Jack, by the way. Yes, so... For those of you who are not following, and if you are not following, go ahead and cut us off and watch season two. The new Lord of Featherington <sighs> and... It's so gross. Lady Featherington. It is so gross. Oh, I disagree. I, this is... Up till now... Dude, I, it's cringier than Shanklin singing to Nicole in the courtship. I don't think so. I was like... <laughs> I was like, oh... Suddenly, I was now interested in this whole cousin jacket. I know. Time, um, no. Sideline, whatever. whatever, whatever. No, I was Block so happy line. when it ended at the end of the season. Because I was like, I was, I was, I was like, ooh, he likes, he likes a conniving woman, and he's got one, and and, and then yeah, he starts to sort of flirt with her, and I was like, it's disgusting, and she's kind of like. She's obviously surprised by it because she's like, wait a second. But she's all here for it because What's she happening? had a loveless marriage with the original Mr. Featherington from season one. Yeah, I th well, I think any any person, you know, when someone starts to express an interest, like, in who you are, you're kind of like, you know, you get a little bit smitten. So I don't blame her for for being like, oh, wait a second, this younger. But this he's younger, like half of her age, like. I don't know. Engaged just, to her daughter at this point. And that is weird. I'll tell you that. But it is so weird. It was definitely weird, but I, I was going to say, up until now, like, I'm like, I don't want to At this point in this back. episode, it really starts to get flirtatious because yes. he outright says something about, like, how he. I don't, I don't know how to. I'm paraphrasing, yeah, but he, he says something right. along the lines of, like, how he appreciates the fact that she's, like, Basically, a conniving bitch. Yeah. And he's into it. Yeah. And it's gross as fuck. Oh, no. I was here for it. I loved it. I loved it. I was like, yes. Here's a man who recognizes her talents and appreciates them and in a way that no man has before. And I'm like, oh, honey, get a little piece of that before this all ends. Ew. Mm -mm. He is engaged to her daughter. Yeah, but they're not married, and he doesn't want to marry Yeah, them. but even though it's characters and the whole thing is fiction, like, theoretically, this daughter came out of her vagina. I can't. I can't. It's too gross. Two generations into the same man, nuh-uh. Have you? Nuh-uh. Have you seen the movie? Oh, my God. Is it, like, Chasing Mrs. Robinson? No idea what you're Okay, about so it's, you're alluding to. it's starring Jennifer Aniston and uh, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis, I think so. Does she have a daughter and they're both into Bruce Willis? No. She's so into both of them? She meets him. She sleeps with him because she wanted to meet with him. Because, like, there was, like, this rumor, family rumor, that The Graduate, you familiar with the movie The Graduate, mm -hmm. was based on her family. So 
she meets him, she sleeps with him, and then realizes, oh, no, it's true. So she just slept with the man who slept with her mother, who slept with her grandmother. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, so she's... So she's Wait, are you talking about are you talking about Jennifer Jennifer No, so Jennifer, the movie is is Jennifer Anderson's character, she's she hears, oh, your family, the the movie The Graduate with Mrs. Robinson sleeping with her daughter's fiance is based on your family. And so she Based on Bruce Willis's family. Jennifer Anderson's family. Oh. She's Mrs. Robinson's granddaughter. Okay. So she sleeps with the same man that um Slept with all three, ge- with slept with the two generations before her. What is this movie? It's like Chasing Mrs. Robinson or something like that. I don't remember. <laughs> that, no. Oh, Ew. Well, you should watch it. It's really good. Ew. <laughs> it's really good. I'm looking it up right now. So apparently, I don't have a biggest problem with it as you do. I just no. No, I'm sorry, but I I liked this whole sexual tension now between the two of them. It only gives gives this way more interest than the whole just trying to defraud people to make Ruby mind. I'm like that I could do without, but I'm like, ooh, this is only interesting the two. Getting beyond that point, Sherry. One thing I had to remind myself of because I've been watching this second go round from the <clears throat> the first time is mm-hmm. the fact that like Lady Danbury and Lady Bridgerton are at odds. Over I know. The family I, dinner from the previous episode. I had forgotten that. I was forgotten. I had forgotten it too. I hadn't realized it. Like I think the first time I was watching through, you know, I just binged it, and like that—that that there was that tension between the two of them that sort of falling out. If you, I don't, I don't like it. I completely forgot that they were at odds to begin with, but I don't like the fact that they are at odds because both of them had like no control over the situation. Yeah, and are completely like separate from the situation itself so like even though lady danbury knew about the stipulations yeah it's not her story to tell right no but i love i love how they come together again Mm -hmm. (laughs) thank god that they do they finally make up (laughs) just laughing over the absurdity of the moment that is and the peacocks the peacocks the the, they had their because keep in mind here, like the queen has taken over this wedding for all intents and purposes, so she's the one choosing the fact that there are peacocks there. Like the queen, I was thinking that I'm like, I want a queen to plan my wedding or whatever, because I'm like, only if she's paying for it. Well, that's the thing. It's like the others just had to show up. I'm like the bride and groom, they just showed up. Like they didn't want to. We, not, we didn't have to pick out her dress. Yeah, but still. They pay out their clothes and then they just show up. I'm like, there was no stress in planning Sounds anything great. whatsoever. I'm like, they just they just show up to this the most spectacular event of the year, and it happens to be their wedding that they really had no involvement with whatsoever. I'm like, do you think they would have had to pay for it? No, the queen's foot in the bill. It's the queen's party. I'm like, get the queen to like throw yeah, party for if us. queen or rich person wants to throw a party for me, I'd, they'd be like, yeah, we're going to call the shots. I'd be like, go ahead. Go right ahead. I'd just tell me where and when. I'll be there. Yeah. Hell, I wouldn't even have to pick up my own dress. I'm like, you want to pick the dress out? I'll just wear make it. sure it fits. Yeah. And then we've got Daphne coming in, uh, being the 
like wise married lady that she is and she tries to pressure Anthony last minute into admitting the fact that he has feelings for Kate and not Edwina. No, I loved Daphne in this episode because yeah, she's well, I think it's hysterical because at one point I think she's going to say something really heartfelt and sincere and Anthony just cuts her off and just starts ranting. And I'm like, dude, you don't even know what she was going to say, but okay. He's the off. older brother, so he knows all. Yeah, because she was like, this. you know, I wish father were here because I, you know, I think what he would yep. say. And I'm like, she would have been just been like, you know, you know, that you're handsome and he's proud of you. And instead, Anthony just flips out and assumes yeah. that she's going to scold him for marrying Edwina in the first place. And I'm like, well, you don't even know that that's where she was going. But no, my favorite part is after Edwina runs out and her mom, Lady Danbury, not Lady Danbury, Lady Bridgerton is like, she's like, what's going on? I don't understand. And she looks at Daphne. <gasps> yes. And she's like, Daphne, you may be a duchess, but I am still your mother. You she tell me still read what Daphne's is face going like a book. on. Yeah. <laughs> and Daphne cracks under the pressure. She does. We don't see it, but yeah, the next scene is, is I Lady Bridgerton and Lady Danbury. Not to lie, so, I would have loved to have seen that because have like seeing Lady B go off would have been just so great. Yeah. Because she doesn't get a lot of that. I, I think feel. it's so funny because it's like now, like literally everyone now knows. Everyone now knows that He's got a thing for Kate. He's got a thing for Kate. This entire time, that just could have been the two of them together, but no. They had to be just idiots. And he had to go for the diamond of the season, and we know him, sort of just, you know, someone who actually interested him. Mm hmm. <sighs> oh, the other number, the other sibling interaction that I, that I did make a note of that yeah. I wanted to was, yeah. So when Daphne was first, first went into. Before Benedict. the wedding, yeah, yeah, and Benedict's like Benedict is like, what is going on? Uh, he's like totally missing a piece of the puzzle. Yeah, he knows it. He's like, something's like, going on, but he doesn't know it. They throw him out of the room, but he knows like, it. No, because he says he's like, but guys, I want to know. <laughs> I throw him out. I literally don't. Like, but I Benedict just got the short end of the stick this entire season. That's what he literally says as he leaves her. But I want to know. <laughs> like, damn, bro. I also want to know. Story of my life is being, you know, not told shit. And just being want to be told shit and let in on the family secrecy. Yeah. But I do have to say, one thing that kind of creeped me out, just like a smidge, and I get that it's supposed to be like semi romantic and shit. Mm hmm. Is when they're at the altar and Antony is having like a daydreaming moment and envisioning yes. Kate as the bride, like in yes. the dress. Yes. I'm like, dude, you're about to marry her sister. Like, you're at the altar in front of the bishop. Yeah, he's literally standing there at the altar, staring at the sister's, at the the bride's sister instead of at the bride and I'm like and you can see like this is where Edwina starts to be like yeah and he's totally zoned out it's like the, he's yeah he's, he's being gone. asked to repeat his vows and he's just like staring at Kate and I'm like you could dude you know you're the well he's not the one they both insisted on this happening yeah so I just but like that whole daydreaming sequence of like Kate in the wedding dress and them at the altar was, like, a little too far for me. Yeah, I was... I didn't bother myself so much, but I was just like, dude, 
Like, like you're committed to going through this, so get, you know, keep, keep your, your ass in gear. Yeah, keep your mind on what's happening. Don't don't let it wander. Like at that point, you're too far gone. Yeah. So stop, stop, stop wishing things to happen that are not yeah. going to happen at this point. But then Edwina finally, finally begins oh to see what is actually going on when um, Kate, like the the bangles become loose and she drops one. And she's looking at Kate, and then she's looking at Anthony, and she's looking at them together, and she's like, holy shit. And then she runs off. Yeah, I'm like, girl. It's about freaking time. They've been doing this the entire time, yeah. and you only She's just like a day it. late and a dollar short in this entire mess. And she flips the fuck out. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I understand, like, being a little upset that your sister's in love with the man you're about to marry. But I'm like, she's treating it like this ultimate betrayal. And I'm like, girl, she didn't throw you aside so she can marry him herself. What what has she done to you that constitutes this reaction? Like, I felt, I can, I, you know, I can, the second time around, the first time around, I was just like, Dwina is. Rose-colored glasses. Way off the mark. Like, yeah. she, it's like she's so rose-colored glasses and then she takes them off and now she's just got blue-colored glasses. And it's just rage and anger and everything's Kate's fault. And I'm just like, whoa, it's not, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Can we take off all the glasses and just see things how they are? But this time around, I was a little bit more, like, I saw a little bit more her side of things and, like, what she was saying. Like, you raised me in to, your image, yeah. to be this perfect, you know, diamond when, in fact, it's like, this is what you actually wanted for yourself. Yeah. She's like, you never gave me the option or the choice. Like, you could have just told me your grandparents have made also have issued this ultimatum. Yeah. Do you want to become someone? Do you want to go over to England and try to find a husband? Do you want to become someone of society? Or do you just are happy? Because it's like Kate. Kate is like living vicariously through her sister at this yeah. point. Quite so, literally. Well, this brings me to a question that I had as I was watching this. Is like, okay, so we both have married sisters. Mine is older, yours is younger. Mm-hmm. We are both single. Mm-hmm. So I had a couple of questions. Hypothetically, of course. Yes. Hypothetically, if we were in Kate and Edwina's shoes separately, not together. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I was, you know, different. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So, like, A... Hypothetically, would you ever consider dating slash marrying someone that your sister has? B, um, if we were both, since we were both in our sister's weddings, like, I don't know, hypothetically, like, if this, I I don't know, like, how do you, how do you feel, like, the wedding drama I'm making sense? Oh, okay, so, like, as for dating someone. I, I could not. My sister has dated. Me and my sister are very similar in many ways. So I think. So a lot of the attributes that would attract a man to my sister would also attract a man to me and vice versa. Like Mm -hmm. what we find attractive a man for sure. Now, obviously my sister is married. Mm -hmm. Would I ever date or marry her husband? And unfortunate. Well, not even, not even if they they had, if if they had like dated and not had gone to the marriage state. Yeah. No. I mean, hypothetically. Yeah. I mean, her, The man she married, no. I love him, but no. But yeah, like I feel like I could not. Like it's for I me would. for me, it's always been a thing of like, 
okay, my sister's four years older than me, right? So even unconsciously, like if a man is four years older or older than me, like I have a trouble being even attracted to him because if my sister is single, like you could just go for her. Like my sister and I, we look similar enough. She's pretty, she's smart. She's all these things that I'm not and in a better way. So it's like, he could just go for her. And that's always been like kind of a turn off if they're a certain age or above. Okay, but so that will change though as you get older because four years feels like a huge gap when you're young. Yeah, no, still does not. Uh, even now at 28. Do you, no, you're still young now. But like, yeah. there's, there's, there, is a, there is a difference between 28 and 32. Like, uh, but like once you get like 40, there between 40 and 44, I tell you, there is none. Yeah. Well, how, how many years are between you and Laura? Just two and a half. Okay, that's not terrible. Yeah. So. Like, I, I could not date anyone that, you know, previously dated my sister. No way. But as for wedding drama, I don't quite follow what you're... Well, it's just like... I don't know. Like, as I was, like, looking at this, like, having... Just, like, the feelings of being in your sister's wedding, I guess, is, like... Because were you her maid of honor? Like I what? was, yes. Okay. Yep. How, how was that experience for you, being in your sister's, especially your younger sister? I mean, obviously. It was wonderful. I loved her wedding. I had a wonderful time. And you got to pick your dress. I got to pick my dress. And I think, too, I think the, the moment, I think the moment that I remember specifically from the ceremony was after they already exchanged their rings at one point. Her new husband put his hand on her back, and I could see his left hand now with the ring oh, on right. it on her back. And I was like, I was done. Like, it was, I was tears. It was, I was so moved in that moment that I felt like, yeah, he's gonna, he's good enough for her. Yeah. I remember I you trust telling him me with, too. With like, her, yeah. Before, previously, you told me that, like, when they first started dating, Laura said, like, this is how it's supposed to feel like or something. Yes. Yep. She did say that to me Aww, when she started so dating. Cute. I know. I know. She set the standard so high, high now. I can't possibly sell. <laughs> That's okay, because as a result, we have this podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, so you did not feel the same way in your sister's wedding line, or you did not get to pick your dress the second time. I, I did not get to pick my dress. My, my problem with the dress is this. Sissy, I love you. I know you're listening. Pink is not my color. I disagree, Sissy. I don't know. I've already forgotten your name. Ashley. Ashley. I saw the pictures. I thought she looked fine. I don't know what her hang-up is. Okay. So, (laughs) okay. So, I was just a bridesmaid. I was not the maid of honor. Her other... Well, you live halfway across the country. Yes. It makes sense. Yes. But... Her maid of honor and the other bridesmaid, her um, which is her husband's sister, they both are models, right? I mean, they're not literally models, but they could be models. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're tall, they're gorgeous, they're fit. And then you've got them next to five foot tall, 200 pound me. So I felt like I looked like a oompa loompa next to them. And my sister, of course, is, you know, a little bit taller than me, nice and slim. So in those pictures, in the family pictures that we took, Again, I look like an Oompa Loompa. Like, I look fat as hell, and I hate it. Okay, well, then we just need to work on your self-esteem. Yeah, I have Because I 
I know you 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 almost refused to show me the pictures the longest time. It looks like a Pepto Bismol bottle. Okay, and I thought it was, just, it was very pretty. I go for so. darker colors for a reason. Okay, See, you're cutting yourself short. No, you look damn good in pink. No, I do not. Yeah, you do. No. You got you got that that pretty complexion and your hair. You. No. I was, I was, I was uncomfortable in the dress. Yes, and well, yes, then you could definitely read that. I wore it because it's my sister, and I love her, even though I give her shit. Even though I gave her shit on the dress, and I apologize. I just, that was not my color. And I was just not comfortable in that dress, in the material, in the color, in the cut of the dress, in the pictures. I just, my arms look so fat. And then standing next to those other two women, I was just like, I just felt uncomfortable in the situation because I didn't really know anyone either. Mm-hmm. Being halfway across the country, I don't really have a relationship with, not my sister, but, and my side of the family of that wedding, but like everybody else. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't really know my brother-in-law all too well. I don't know his family. You know, a lot for, you know, the wedding was the only t- second time I had been home. Since they've been together. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. It was, just, it was just awkward sauce for me all the way around. But I digress. We're getting off topic. <laughs> um, yeah. We're going we're gonna to have to do a media self, social media pause with like, Nikki Lukovic. <laughs> no. The answer is no, she does not. Okay. And I've only gained weight since those pictures have taken. So I, I think I would just look worse. Like, I'm very comfortable in my fat 200-pound body. Thank you very much. So, like, <laughs> says the person who literally just 30 seconds ago was like, I hate how fat I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I, I do, I hate how fat I am, but also, this is who I am now. Anyway, getting back to Bridgerton. Bridgerton. There is also another quote that I um, like coming from Eloise. I think it's Colin who says something to her about, like, who she is or whatever. And then Eloise is like, who else should I be married and silent other than being herself? And I was just like, yes, bitch. I'm so glad you brought up Eloise. Yes, bitch. I have a lot to say about Eloise in this episode. Literally where my next note was. Well, actually, I don't have a lot to say about Eloise other than first time I watched this series on Binging Right. Mm-hmm. That whole scene where Eloise runs off to go see Theo to be like, yeah, I kind of, I like, I like you and I think about you and do you like me too and think about me? Like the first time I watched from, it. From this, from this episode particularly? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the first time I watched this through, I was like, that's all it was to me. Yeah. It's only the second time watching it through that I was like, the queen who had set a trap and had footmen following each of the possible Lady Whistledowns. Mm-hmm. I'm like, of all the times Eloise decides to sneak off during the wedding while she's followed by a footman who literally follows her to the print shop that prints the Lady Whistledown pamphlets and he sees her. And like, at the, t- the first time I watched it, I totally missed that whole subplot, that whole, like that little bit. And I'm like, oh my God, she has just strung herself up. I don't, can I just say though, I don't think, I'm with Penelope in this regard, that Eloise sneaking off during what is supposed to be her brother's wedding. Yeah. It's just not a good idea. I agree with Penelope, obviously. 
But also at the same time, I feel like Penelope, when it comes to this whole Theo thing, has been because she's so fearful of her own identity Secret coming out coming out that she's being really harsh mm-hmm. with Eloise, which mm-hmm. is actually driving Eloise further away and causing yes. driving her into Theo's arms. So it's like if if Penelope didn't have anything to lay into us about, she'd be like, Eloise, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You think this is good? But instead, she's like trying everything in her power to stop it from happening, and that's just igniting it in Eloise, because, yeah. you know, she loves to be a little bit defiant in everything she does, so. Yeah. I was kind of annoyed with Penelope, but, like, girl, she's your best friend. Like, can you be a little bit understanding? Yeah. You're over here drooling over her brother for God knows how long. Could you at least, you know, let her, you know, have a little teeny tiny crush on the But I don't, apprentice? I, I get where you're coming from, I do, but yeah. again, I think the timing... And Eloise kind of being, she was just being a little immature, being like, now I'm going to go see him during what is supposed to be my brother's wedding. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Penelope, I think, had been a little more understanding. I think she could have talked her out of it. Like, if she had been like, look, I get it. You need to go and sort this out with him. But, like, let's not do it now. Let's not do it now. But because she was so adamant, like, you cannot spend time with him. You cannot do that. Eloise just is like, fuck you. I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think if Penelope had been a little, little chiller about the whole thing. Or if Eloise had just been, like, a little bit more mature, she wouldn't have snuck off during Anthony's wedding. Oh, yeah. I with. mean, obviously, it was a terrible idea. So bad. Wrong time. Wrong place. You know what was better, though, this episode? Penelope's hair. I know. It's so funny, because I thought that, too. I didn't make any notes, but I was looking at one point in the wedding scene, or, like, when they're on the thing, and I'm like... Man, I've never complaining about how bad her hair is, but I feel like her hair is so bad in the beginning of the season. And I think it, I think it's like updo versus downdo with the wigs. Yeah, because I was just like it was so bad in the beginning, but like I didn't mind it this episode. I was exactly. like, here it looks a little bit more natural. I literally thought the same thing. I was like, I was like, gosh, what was my problem with the downdo is better her than hair the early on? Because I was like, I feel like this looks fine. I feel like <laughs> the, the Featherington women have like bright red curly ass fucking hair and so I feel like they tamed it down a little mm-hmm. bit with the down do so like I could I could buy it like mm-hmm. before I could tell it was really a wig mm-hmm. and now it's you know her hair even though it's still a wig that's so funny I did I, I literally noticed the same thing I didn't write it down but I did also Laura on the top of topic of hair the queen's wig at the wedding was higher than anything I'd ever seen I, I kept having like um Priscilla Presley is that her mm-hmm. name? Like the beehive. Yeah, the queen's hair was. I don't know. She, could she have even touched the top of it? I don't know. It was large as hell. I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking, like, damn, that must be heavy as hell. I was thinking that too because there was gems and like jewels all in it, and like those. I saw a video heavy. of her like behind the scenes. They had a um like a minivan with a um what is it called in the roof? Sunroof. Sunroof. Thank you. And she literally had to like duck down into the back of this van and pop her head through the sunroof so her wig would fit. Like, multiple times. I mean, her, I mean, the wigs in general was just for the queen and the costumes. I was gonna say, that actually ties in nicely to my costume corner. Yes, your costume corner. Take us there, Sherry. Because I wanted to say, Edwina's hair for the wedding, mm-hmm. before she put on her, like, she had, like, a little tiara with her, her veil. Her veil, yeah. But... When she didn't have that on, she had almost like a necklace, which I was just like draped. 
halfway around the back underneath. And I was like, that is so interesting. I think I love that. I, it's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. It's unique. I'm like, you don't see that? And I'm like, I like it. And then when they- Like her necklace for her hair? Yeah. Yeah, because it was just like, do, do, do. And it just went like to here. And then I realized, of course, then the tiara fit like right there, almost creating the circle. Damn. And the veil. So yeah, I was just, but at the time, it was just like three quarters of the way around her head, around the back. And I'm like, I'm like, that's, I like that. And then I'm like, oh, and of course, then it connects the teeth with the tiara. And I'm like, very nice. These costume people have it on. Very nice. Well, that would be hair and makeup. We'll be doing that. But But still, um, on point, hair and makeup team, good job. But then Kate's dress that she's wearing in the wedding. Now, I did notice this theme sort of like with all of the dresses for the wedding scene. Violet? They're all purple. Yes, but no, that's not the... They all had a sheer overlay, but Kate's is so fine and so sheer that like when you're looking at her waist of her dress, you can't tell that there's another fabric on top of yeah, the satin. Yeah, I didn't notice. Yeah, because I kept looking, I'm like, when she'd walk, because it's it split open and had the embroidery on it, and then underneath was just the lavender satin. Oh. But when she walked, it would just flutter a little bit. So you knew that there was a separate, that embroidery was a separate sur- skirt. That was a sheer overlay. But I'm like, when it would zoom in and look at her waist, I'm like, you cannot tell. That fabric, it's like, Invisible. So fine that you like, and the only way I'd ever see it was when they did full body and she was moving and it would flutter, would flutter open just slightly. I didn't even notice I know. It was, I was like, what? Damn. What is that material? What is that material made of? I was like, because I, I need to, I need to, I need to get up close. I need to touch it. I need to know what it was because I was so. That's something that they should do is like, do like the, the dressings of Bridgerton. Yeah. You know, it was like interesting. They Downton Abbey, like I say, they is in the elusive they. But. Eloise too also had a sheer overlay, and I noticed what they did with her is they put it on her bodice as well. So I think they so then her bodice and her skirt looked it matched. So you didn't realize it until then. It flowed out underneath on the bottom. You could see her sheer overlay too, and I was like, they did it again. And then and then I noticed I'm like they all have sheer overlays. Some more obvious than others. I was like, but yeah, Eloise's was was very subtle because they did incorporate it into her bias as well, so you didn't realize it was a different fabric. But then Kate's was just so ridiculous. I was just like, that's big it for being the lady, the leading lady of the season. Yeah. God. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch that. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm sorry. Now. So one thing I do have to say about this wedding, right, Edwina. I know we've talked about her a little bit, but when she finally realizes what's going on, like the oh my God moment, mm-hmm. this actress, and I think I've said it before, amazing job. Mm-hmm. She did so well, even if everything is going like a muck. But when there's a scene in which Anthony goes to her to talk to Edwina and Edwina questions about Anthony, about his intentions in marrying her, he says something along the lines of like how their rule, their roles fit one another. Her mm-hmm. being the diamond and him being a viscount. I'm like, mm-hmm. that is such bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, you, and then poor Mama Mary Mary Sharma. Like, what is she thinking? Watching all this go down. Like her, her only biological child. Mm-hmm. 
right, her daughter, going through this on her wedding day. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think it's so interesting. And it's different with the times, too, because back then to, like, break up a wedding was, like, scandal. I, yeah, I think it's so interesting that Edwina is so focused on love that she finds his response about duty and responsibility where match in those terms, like, offensive almost. Whereas I think Kate... But, like, I, I I get that, though, because, like, you'd want someone who was in love with you not just wanting to marry you because you're the diamond of the season. Well, no, now, yeah, sure. But like, I, like you said, you know, during those times, as a woman, you have absolutely no rights or safety or security. It's only your ability yeah. to marry, marry. Yeah. So you have a man who's like, yeah, who's not only going to take care of you and your family the rest of your life, is also saying, you know... I understand you. I feel like we're in the same position where we health like, I respect the position you're in because I'm in the same sort of position. I think we can do really well at this. I'd be like, hell yeah, I'm in. I don't need love. But, because love will come, let's be honest. Well, even if he's in love with her sister. Yeah, you can't live. I mean, they're going to be living together or having children together. Like, the love, the love would have developed. I have, I have no doubt in that. And I think if she had been someone like Kate, she would have been like, yeah, okay. We so, reach a mutual, like, like, um, who did we see last week? Lady Colin went to visit her. What was her name? Oh, um, yeah, Lady Crane. Crane. So it's like, okay, so they don't love, they're not in love with each other, but like they have a mutual respect for each other's dispositions and. Are you talking about Lady Crane and Colin or Lady Crane and her husband? Lady Crane and her husband. See, I don't see it that way. I see his Mr. Crane, Lord Crane, married her because his brother knocked her up. Yeah, but then, but they have, but yeah, but they both care about the children and they respect each other and they recognize, like, I feel like love. Even though she can't stand it and eventually in the book she kills herself. Oh, she kills herself? I thought she just died of natural causes. No. Oh, no. Yeah, I was going to say, the respect does not come. I mean, like, he respects her in the sense that, like, he doesn't sleep with other women, at least in the books. But like, yeah, no, they don't, they won't, the love does not come for them, Sherry. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry to like, I don't know, I guess that I'm, bubble. I am like a romantic, but I'm also not a romantic and then I'm very pragmatic and I'm like, I consider love a verb in that it's an action that you choose to take. And I mean, short of someone physically abusing me or, or emotionally abusing me, I'm like, I could probably come to love truth if i put my mind to it so so this brings me to a question so uh, eventually the sisters kate and 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 edwina talk talk Mm -hmm. everything out right and in this moment i feel like throughout this episode i feel like edwina aged like 30 years with her maturity of like finally being like in taking off the rose excuse me colored glasses i feel like she aged like 30 years no no I disagree with that because I think she certainly learned some things to be sure, but I think if she had matured, she would have recognized exactly what was going on and understood it from Kate's perspective. The fact that she's so angry at Kate and is like, you, I'm not going to... She does She does come off as like, everything is Kate's fault, which is right. not... Right, so I was like, that does not show maturity. That does not show like someone. It's like, certainly she's become aware of some things and she's certainly stands up for herself. Well, I think but also, I too, in this moment, you have to remember how angry she is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She is genuinely in love with Anthony. 
But then we see Edwina have a moment with the king who bursts in and all of this craziness. Yes. Yes. And he, of course, is he's not mentally well, right? Cognitively, he is not well. Yeah, he has, like, Alzheimer's or dementia or something. But they don't have a name for it back then. So no. in terms of their time, he's just crazy. But he he bursts in, is having a moment where clearly he's in the past, right? Mm-hmm. He thinks it's, you know, his wedding to the queen. And the queen is just sort of left a little speechless. Mm-hmm. Because she's like, we're in front of people, I don't know what to do. But Edwina kind of takes it with grace and kind mm-hmm. of inserts herself as like, you know, you should... She kind of fixes it, in a way. Yeah. So I feel like in that sense, she's a little bit more mature. Well, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, she definitely handles that beautifully. Yeah. And I think, yeah, and definitely the queen's like, well, this is why, like, she's starting to wonder, like, did I make the right choice for a diamond? But, like, no, this is a woman who can handle herself in any situation. Yeah. She, she literally has that grace and understanding and empathy. And, again, Edwina is so good in that scene when she's comforting the king. Yeah. Like, great on the actress's part. But yeah, I think, but I think to then put yourself in the shoes of someone who's around you is an, another step of maturity that I don't think Edwina is at at this stage. So yeah, that's, Fair. so that was the only disagreement with you. I was like, did she mature over this? I think absolutely. Did she mature 30 years? No, I think she. Well, well mature 30 years or 60. Could be 60 years. And then she reaches that next step. I'm just, you know, 30 years is like just a number that I chose on my head. I know, yeah, but that would make, yeah, 30 years from where she was, you know, she's like, what, 17, so now she's 30, 30, 47. I'm like, that's definitely something I think she would get 47, but she's not, she's 17, so. Yeah. She's very young, or 19, or whatever, but. And then at some point, the queen goes to Edwina, when Edwina's looking at the jewels. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I just thought was really random, but besides the point. No, yeah, I think that was the, the point of that was just to establish that the queen, she it's, hasn't lost the queen's favor. Yeah. She had for a moment, but then her, how she interacted with the, yeah. the queen. Yeah, well, she and, made and I choice. think, too, with Edwina ensuring the queen that she will not speak of what happened in private with the oh, king, yeah. it's also something that needed to happen because initially I thought that the queen was going to, like, bribe her mm-hmm. with jewels and being mm-hmm. like here take this and don't speak of what happens mm-hmm. um and edwina was like kind of like you don't need to bribe me like i would never mm-hmm. so yeah she gets that reassurance from the the queen and then edwina confronts both antony and her sister regarding everything and they they kind of do like this trope i don't know if it's like a trope or just a plot point that i see a lot in movies is like Pretending that one wrote the letter to the other, and then the other wrote the letter oh, to the yeah. other, kind of a thing. Yeah, she gets them both in the same room by pretending to be the other and inviting them to meet, kind of a thing. But then she confronts him, and that's where she really confronts her sister. Is like, you had these dreams for yourself, not for me. You know, living vicariously through me. And then she confronts Antony and saying, like, I deserve to be loved for me. Not for being the diamond of the season. Mm-hmm. And then that leaves Anthony and Kate alone in the church. Oh, yeah, they finally kiss. Finally. Finally kiss. Which I know everyone in the world was like, finally, because there was so much tension. But honestly, the first time I watched it, I was like, this is underwhelming. Like, I didn't, I didn't feel that. The first, like, that finally moment, that, like, release of the tension within, within that moment... 
And even watching it the second time, I was like, okay, finally yeah. they kiss. But at this point, I knew it was happening. I, yeah. So, I like, I was I like, didn't, I, I didn't I didn't have that moment of, like, as a true fan. I, it wasn't the kiss so much. It was me, like, being like, oh, my God, they're finally acknowledging their feelings about each other. Yeah. Like, they've sort of, like, beat around the bush now for six episodes. I'm like, they're finally like, okay, yeah, I, I am into you. It's like, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. We all knew, you knew, but you finally are admitting it to yourself. To yourself and to each other. I just feel like maybe this is me reading too much into it, but I feel like the timing is off because this is in the church on the day (laughs) at the altar in which he was supposed to marry her sister. Ultimate grossness. It was just it was just bad timing in my in my opinion. Yeah. Like, the first time to have a kiss with someone is not on what was supposed to be your wedding day at the church in which you were supposed to marry her sister. (sighs) And then that is where they leave us for this episode. Yes. So, overall, how do you feel about this episode? Oh, I mean, it was fine. I didn't hate it like I did the last episode, because at least now the wedding's not happening anymore. Kate and Dan have acknowledged their feelings for each other. And at least the first time I watched this through, I was kind of like, okay, now it's going to happen. Like, where is this going to go? So I feel like now we're actually getting somewhere. They've been dancing around each other for six episodes, but now we're actually finally going to see something, some progression. So I feel like we're too past that. We're, we're past that point in progression because this wasn't supposed to happen in the books. <sighs> yeah, you know, being a dead horse is not going to change anything. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying it for six episodes now. It's not gonna look, go away for the next you know, seven or eight. You're not gonna watch episode seven and something magically gonna be completely different. <laughs> or just, you know, all of next season as well for yeah, no. Bridgerton. It's just you know You're just gonna have to set those expectations aside. It's a colossal waste of time. They could have gone in so many other directions. They chose this one. It makes me whatever. I'm real, I you know as much as I say I'm not going to, and I, and I feel like again during the second go round, like I'm able to separate it more. But still, with this episode in particular, I cannot I cannot separate book from from TV because it wasn't supposed to happen. There was no book in this episode. I know, but the fact is is that they spent an entire, like, hour's worth of storytelling time on shit that had nothing to do with anything. Um, It's a colossal waste of time. You mean anything to do in the book? It progressed the television series. (sighs) As someone who's not read the book, I was like, yes, thank you. An episode that progressed the plot. You're right, and I don't want to say it. <laughs> I just, like, I just can't. Like, in, in, they could have gone in, like, ten other different directions that did not involve spending an entire episode. Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, they could have done, they could have done a series that's not even about Bridgerton at all. Picked a completely different book series. I'm just not going to win this argument, so I'm just going to stop trying. I'm just embarrassing myself at this oh, point. Like we, have, we, have, we have gone away from the books, so now we just have to look at it from the perspective of the TV show that we're watching. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to do that, and I think you know that at this point. We're six episodes in. It's not going to work. 
This is not gonna work. It does have me concerned for the next two seasons. We might Listen. have to. We might have to work on our. I can't unread the books and know what I like. I, I know, know but what you I can, know. You can learn to appreciate the separate mediums for their for their good good qualities. I will try. That is all that I can promise. Hey, if a lover of Jane Austen and Pride and Prejudice can appreciate the Kira Knightley version of Pride and Prejudice, then you can learn. To- good perspective. Yeah. Okay. First I'll time I watched it. it, I was pissed off. Like no belief, but. To be honest, though, I did read Pride and Prejudice again when I was in the eighth grade, mm-hmm. so it's it's been a minute. I read it multiple times, so yeah. when I saw that movie originally, I was kind of like, "What the fuck are you doing?" But yeah. I've come around, and I appreciate it. What it is, and yeah. I will watch it gladly. Okay. Well, I guess that wraps up this episode. No, no, no. What's our question every week? What is our ship of the week? Oh, yes. Girlfriend. Okay. The king and the queen. The king and the queen. Tell me why, Sherry. What? Here is this man who unfortunately is suffering from, yes, something. I'm guessing like an Alzheimer's dementia situation where he doesn't remember anything. Yeah, he's losing. He doesn't know what time period is or anything like that. But what he does remember and what he does know is his queen and that he loves her and that she's beautiful and he sees her and he's just like, I'm sorry, I'm late for my wedding. I cannot wait to marry you. Yeah. The love of my life. And I'm just like, oh, and the queen in this moment. And what's sad is like, again, they're side characters, they don't exist in the books. But in this moment, we've only gotten to see the king a handful of times. Yeah. And I think that they played it really well, especially mm-hmm. the queen, how she is mm-hmm. looking at him. Like, she is in love with this yeah. man, but she does not know what to do. Oh, well, yeah, obviously. Even and though, and we've like, kind of seen, like, in season one, where she was kind of, like, playing off, like, oh, is his, is his doctor telling me that he's dead? Because if it's not, then I don't want to know. Yeah. Like, that was kind of, like, her way of, her coping mechanism. Well, I think, too, because if she didn't love him as much as she does, she wouldn't, she wouldn't care. Yeah. She wouldn't care about this. She'd just have him locked up somewhere and be like, but no, because she does love him as much as he loves her. She she doesn't have him thrown, yeah. thrown somewhere. So I'm interested to see, now that it has been commissioned, they are doing a, a series, I don't know if we've talked about it, of... The young queen and young Lady Danbury and young Lady Bridgerton. I before did not they were hear the queen that. And then, then we have not talked about this because this is the first time this is hitting my ears. So they're yeah, doing a they're doing a prequel. A prequel, yeah. So I'm interested to see that. Hot damn! I hope that we see their love story because I I am interesting to see how they well, got that. We from- can watch. Without the fresh eyes, I know it's all up in the brain. I'm so excited, but yeah, I'm interested to see now that we've seen them in their later years, yeah, how they were in their earlier years, in particular the queen with the king, just because, like, how she and again, this all goes down to the credit of the actors in the moment, how she was looking at him, Mm -hmm. like, tears were coming in her eyes, Mm -hmm. like, she is in love with this man yeah so i just i can't wait to see that from the beginning yes i, I really hope that we do and, and then they they both are appearing in that series as well um as i think guest if not reoccurring mm-hmm. 
So we'll see. We'll be able to see that story develop, which is very exciting. So we'll have to talk about that on the podcast. Yes. Um, Yeah, they're our ship of the week, and rightfully so. I don't know how it was in real life. A love story for the ages. With the actual king and queen of the time. Oh, hell no. But who gives a shit? This was a Georgian period, so George was... It's crazy George. It's the same George written about in Hamilton. Is it? Yeah. No, because Hamilton was written long before 1800s. Hamilton's like 1500s. No, it's it's the same King George. No, it's not, because this is like 300 years after Shakespeare. In Hamilton? Oh, Hamilton! Oh, my God. (laughs) I was thinking Hamlet. No! Hamilton. Hamilton, the musical. Yes. No, you're right. Crazy. Yep, it's the same George. George. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm, I'm, oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, no, I was I like, like too much alcohol there. Sure. I was like, I was like, Hamlet. No. Oh yeah, no, Hamilton. Yes. Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton. Yes. You went. He's you went. Fun. You went American on me, and I could not follow. Sorry. Yep. It's that George. It is that George. Yeah, absolutely George. Um. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know of any of the history of him. Other than him being crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, neither do I, because we're Americans. Yeah. So we don't know British history, but I'm excited to see their relationship from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I would love to love someone that much. Mm-hmm. I know, I think you would too. Correct me if I'm wrong for speaking for us both. No, you are not wrong. So they are our ship of the week. Yes. And we hope you agree and we hope you like it. Yes. And that's the end of the episode. Six. Episode six. Well, that's a wrap on today's episode. If you haven't already, be sure to follow us on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and join us for the next episode of Love as Seen on TV.